Welcome to episode 16. You know that little voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough or tells you you can't do something or sends you to buy a pizza when you consciously know that you need to eat healthy? Well, my good friend Sean Resnick calls that the monkey in the mind. He's a naturopath, a hypnotherapist, and more importantly, a mindset strategist, and he helps people get a hold of and separate themselves from their monkey in the mind. And from what I understand, we pretty much all have one. So to learn more about that, stay tuned. Let's jump into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Happy Wednesday or whichever day it is when you listen to this podcast. We're about to dive into the topic of your mind. And to do that, I'm sitting here with a lovely friend of mine and we've just been sitting on the couch having DNMs for the last few hours. Uh, he's a naturopath, mindset strategist and hypnotherapist. And his thing is all about helping you deal with the monkey in your mind, as he terms it. So... I'd like to jump into it. So I'd like to welcome you here, Sean. How are you doing? Hey, I'm well. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. And thank you for the chat we had. I mean, that was awesome, wasn't we it? Had such a great chat. Yeah. We could have talked all night. We're so aligned. Oh, we're so aligned. <laughs> Diet, health, yeah. beliefs. being all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. so good to feel like we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here today. So you get into the stuff. You started off as a naturopath. Yeah. And you now work with people on their mindset and yes. sort of their approach to life. So. Can you just give us a bit of background as to, I guess, your whole journey, sort of where you started yeah. and how you got to where you are now? When I was a teenager, I always had this belief that I wanted to work um, in the space of people's health. Um, and it was just one of those things. I think I was just lucky when I was um, in primary school. I knew I wanted to either become a doctor or a naturopath of sorts. Yeah, so you and knew from the get-go. I just knew it. It was yep. going to happen. So um, I had a really close friend of mine in South Africa whose family believed in traditional medicine. And I just got really caught up in naturopathy and homeopathy and all the like. And nowadays, um, I'm just so glad that that's the path I took because it just feels Right. Yeah, know? nice. Yeah. So, so you were exposed to that uh, from a family Very friend. young age. Yeah, very, very young, young age. age. My, my, my folks and my family were more allopathic in the way that, you know, that yep. we, we sort of dealt with our health issues um, early on. And then once I got into the traditional way of dealing with things and saw that there was really lovely ways of preventing um, ill health, Yep. And getting into the herbals and nutritionals, it just made total sense. So yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah, as you know, I'm completely aligned with that. Um, but I guess the conversation of prevention is is a difficult one because most yeah. people don't move until they're in a place of pain, which is often after prevention. It's almost too late. Yeah. yeah. So and that's the the beautiful thing about, you know, being a naturopath is that we're looking to help people get to a point where their health is improved before they're in dire straits or there's crisis. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, there's uh, there's obviously a massive need for people like yourself in with the the way that we were talking about this before, like in the direction that statistics are heading with cancer and diabetes and heart disease. Prevention is, you know, paramount. To, yeah. To the to every every level of the you know the corporate dollar, the people oh. going to work, people's personal lives. Huge. And as as you would know as well, like in in corporates nowadays, we they have to look after their staff because it makes a very big difference to the bottom line. Yeah. And uh, there's so much we can do when it comes to diet and looking after ourselves from an exercise perspective and even mindset nowadays, how we deal with stressful situations. It makes a huge difference. How did you get into the the mindset space? So you obviously touched on sort of how mm. early on in 
and your roots, yeah. you found naturopathic medicine and yeah. a natural approach to that type of thing. So what led to being focused on the way that we perceive reality and stuff like that? Funny you should ask that question. Um, so when I was very young, I started suffering really badly from anxiety. Those that know me well will know that um, I was dealing with sexuality issues, and which was a very big thing for me. You know, South African, very conservative society and dealing with a lot of stuff that I, I clearly had no idea of how I was going to get around. Yeah, so right. um, anxiety, panic attacks, all that sort of stuff, low self-esteem was uh, something that I was pretty used to when I grew up uh, as, a, you know, as a teenager as well. So in my practice, I've just gravitated a lot towards helping people overcome um, negative self-esteem and anxiety, depression, all that sort of, all that sort of stuff because it's been such a big close part of my life. And, and having overcome all of that myself – it's just wonderful. So now it almost feels like I'm gifting people the um, the ability to actually overcome yeah, mental ill health, which feels wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And there's yeah. nothing better than a practitioner that has been oh. been in that place before or something similar and can yeah. relate. Because when it comes to dealing with clients, dealing with them on a, and connecting with them on an emotional level is so important. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's what my clients pick up on when they come and see me is that there is that relatability, right? Yeah. So I have a real passion for it. And I've dedicated so much of my professional life to it. So I like yeah. to think I'm a bit of an expert on it nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. That's yep. great. So can you tell me a bit more, I guess, about your naturopathic clients? Like, mm. is the reason that you went into the mindset space because you found a pattern in your naturopathic yes, clients? Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah, so not only was it my own passion, mental health, the mental health space, but what I noticed um, very early on as a, as a young practitioner, I started off at the age of 24, was that there is such a connect between um, people's physical health and what's going on emotionally as well. And very often things start off on an emotional level and if left, you know, not dealt with, then we start seeing signs and symptoms occurring on a physical level. Not always the case, but very often there is that linkage that occurs. So I noticed before long that when people were coming in for various chronic ill health um, um, situations, I was starting to counsel people right. on their emotional well-being too. Yeah. So with the, you know, just a bunch of different studies that I've done over the years, it just felt right to then transform my business into helping people on all levels. So it could be a lot more holistic. Absolutely. And there's, a, there's an increasing body of research out there, which you touched on, in that um, – manifestation of physical or biological disease can actually be connected with, you know, emotional and traumatic yep. events of, of in our childhood or in our teenage years yeah. and that later on in life. And it's, you know, it's, for many people, that's probably hard to comprehend, like how that works but that it manifests into a physical disease. That's exactly it. And so metaphorically, you see so many things occurring, you know, in the body as well. Yeah. So somebody, just take very, you know, generalized sort of thing I'm about to say, but if someone's very, got a very fixed mindset and they're very, um, they're very much uh, stressed and anxious, you see blood pressure, you know, um, yep. impacted as well and hardening of the arteries. You can almost see it in certain personality types as well. Yeah, right. It's very generalized what I've just said, but yep. you know, certainly it's out there. No, I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. And a way that I try and communicate it to people in that same kind of aspect is that the people that find it difficult to connect emotions and biological outcomes, I just simply say, you know, when you're stressed, you know, cortisol is a physical chemical in yep. your blood, like, or yep. when you get goosebumps. Yep. You know, where you feel happy. That's not just a feeling. That's dopamine. Yep. It's a chemical in your blood, so that people start connecting. Okay, so there's an actual thing in my blood, just like you know, the food I put into my yep. body is is in, is physically there, and then they start to connect those 
Okay, make, so connect the dots, exactly. right? Exactly. It's a physical thing. And you're 100% right. And even if you look at someone who suffers from irritable bowel syndrome or some other chronic you know, um, issue with the digestive system, yeah. if you're a really anxious, stressed out individual, the body redirects that blood away from the digestive system to other areas. So obviously yeah. digestion is going to be impacted. And over a period of time, that could then lead to some sort of physical ailment within the digestive tract. So there's definitely that linkage in digestive stuff as well. Oh, there's a linkage in so much. Yeah. And, and I, I'm so glad you're in this space because I really think that, that that's where the future of healthcare is going to be. Yes. It's going to be in, the, in dealing with the mental and the physical as, um, as connected elements of the human body. Mm. I think we, we've got to look at all aspects of, um, of a person. It's the only way to treat someone respectfully, I think. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. If you, there's, in many ways, you could argue there's no point in moving forward if it's not a holistic approach. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about what you phrase, uh, and you mentioned this when we caught up on the phone a few weeks ago, the monkey in the mind. Yeah, I love uh, the monkey in the mind. Yeah, you're all about the monkey <laughs> in the mind. So just can you go into that a little bit? Ah, Okay, so when it comes to the monkey in the mind, I believe that all of us have a little voice in our head, okay? And we all have this awareness of it. And it's the part of us that trips us up, tells us that we're not enough, that we're not good enough, that there's certain things that we can't do because you know we fear that we'll fail. And I call that the monkey in the mind. And what we've got to do is we've got to start looking at that voice and seeing it for what it is. And very often, it's actually the voice of society or teachers or parents from the past. And we've taken it on to mean that it's our own voice, but it it really isn't, right? right? And that's the voice that then trips you up. And if you believe everything that you're listening to in the monkey in your mind, then that's where you start to self-doubt and worry and stress and don't live this awesome life that you're actually destined to live. Yeah, right. So, so the monkey in the mind's like, it does, is that us talking to ourselves incorrectly or do you yeah. think it's like an impeding? It's, like, I think it's a combination of our, ourselves yep. and the stuff that we've learned along the way. Um, and it's all the, the stuff you've been told. Like we're, as kids, we're, we're brought up with a, like, no, be careful. Don't do that. Yeah, That's right. silly. Or, you know, a parent um, gets presented by a kid with like a drawing and the, the mum or dad's tired and stressed. Like, go away. I'm busy. And then the child picks up that, oh, okay. Well, because we're quite egocentric as kids, yep. there's something wrong with me. Oh, I'm not good enough. And then yeah. we start living into that, right? Yep. And so that voice becomes louder and louder. And I call it the monkey in the mind. It's just a really nice message metaphor and uh it's very pleasant it's pleasant yeah Yeah, absolutely and we've got to learn to deal with it so we've got to train that monkey yeah so if you don't train the monkey the monkey's training you and then life is not as cool yeah absolutely yeah no that's that's a great metaphor i really really enjoy that and i think that a lot of people you know whether it be at a midlife crisis or whether Mm. some event happens in their life they realize that they've been living this narrative to their life that was actually not in line with their core beliefs and it was just the input or the, you know, from when they were little, just as you're saying, or yep. whatever that rewired them in a certain direction. And then they, whether they have, you know, they just quit their job in one day and go traveling or, you know, they have a midlife life crisis or something happens and they realize that monkey in the mind's been controlling them. The whole time. The whole time. Like, and they've been living a lie in some ways. Yeah. And I think um, when it comes to anxiety and depression, very often it stems from people living a life according to the values of others and society the, the doctrines that have been imposed upon us, right? So very often I get my clients to look at their lives and say to themselves, are they living the life that they want to be living or is it the life that they've been told they have to live? And yeah. very often when you start living a life that's congruent to what's important to you, 
that's when little monkey in the mind's chatter starts subsiding and you can real, really feel that sense of calm and peace occur. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. And would you say that you see sort of a pattern in people often living through their parents' values or what their parents want or friends yeah. or the media, like what sort of- 100%, yeah, culturally, areas. parents, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and you know what? And if that's working for you, rock on, keep doing it. That's fantastic. But if you are starting to feel really anxious and stressed or just, just irritable within yourself, start asking yourself, is this the path that I want to live on, yep. right? So if I look at even take myself, for example, yep. you know, if I'd, if I'd lived my life in the closet full of anxiety and despair, fearing that if I came out, you know, my entire family was going to reject me and I'd have no friends, then I don't think my life experience would be all that awesome right now. Yeah, absolutely. And by taking a punt and actually living congruently with the way I knew I had to live my life, I then realized, you know, folks eventually came around and everything was great. Friends were unbelievable. And, and I've learned so much along the way. So you've got to live to your truest potential. Do you think that the monkey in the mind is, uh, is something that can be mastered or is it something that's a lifelong work that yeah. you've just got to work on every day and you just get a little bit better at it and, and there isn't actually some day where you get to and you're like, oh, I'm, I've dealt with it. I'm the perfect human. Or, and you then know, you just die, I think. <laughs> then you just, Your genetics go, okay, we've yeah, reached you, up a nickel. We're, we're gone now. <laughs> you're just on some other level. It's an awesome question that you ask and I think there are definitely ways that you can strategize to overcome the monkey in the mind and clutter in your head and one of the things I've done is through all the years of um, studies and you know courses that I've done I've devised a system called the Pitts methodology where I help people actually deal with that monkey in their brain far more effectively and it's a the Pitts methodology is an acronym for a pit being in the pits of despair and anxiety if that's if that's where you're at yeah right and it's all about changing your perception of the what the monkey in the mind is telling you because there's a lot of non-truths in it okay Yep. So if you can laugh and sing and dance, a lot of those thoughts, which are just silly thoughts, 
and then invite those thoughts in and actually sit down with that thought, which is, you know, I'm not good enough or I can't go for that job. They're going to reject me or I shouldn't ask that person out because I'm going to, you know, they're not going to want me. I'm not good enough for them. And if we can invite those thoughts in and really sit with them after we've changed our perception of our thoughts, we can then learn from those thoughts and see where's the lesson here? What's the teaching behind the thought? And once you have the teaching, you can actually then step up and overcome a lot of the stuff, the old limiting beliefs that the monkey would have had you believe. So that's the long answer to a short question you had. But just to get back to what you're saying, I think we can learn to to strategize and overcome that thinking in a far more resourceful way. I think the monkey's always going to be there, okay? Yep. And the monkey's there not because it's an enemy, by the way. It's there to protect you as well, like anxiety is. It's there to say to you, hey, you've gone, of course. You're not quite living the life you should be living right now. And without that anxiety, we wouldn't change. We wouldn't get out of, I wouldn't have gotten out of bed today if I was not just just that little bit of anxiety that you were coming along and we're going to be doing this interview. We need anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, those mental health things are... You know, they, there's a there's a spectrum, yes, and and at some point they're useful, and some point they're not, and at yeah. some extremes they're needed, and ex- some extremes they're dangerous. That's exactly it. So a low grade amount of anxiety is actually beneficial and gets us doing things, and a little bit of stress is actually not a bad thing. It's the way we perceive our stress. Yeah, that's so cool. I don't know. Did you ever watch that um, TED talk by um, McGonagall? I think Kelly McGonagall. I, uh, I'm subscribed to the TED app, yeah, but I don't think I've seen that one. She's a psychologist, and it's her whole shtick is all about how do we change people's perception of stress. Yeah. So stress is only dangerous when you perceive it to yep. be dangerous. But if you have a healthy version or belief set around stress, um, some amazing chemicals get released when you're stressed out. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's actually it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I actually had um, somebody a few years ago when I was I do a bit of public speaking, obviously, yeah. and they changed my perception of the idea of being nervous. Yes, and I've I've been fortunate enough to be on stage as a mu- musician most of my life, but this reframing of nerves was great. It was that biologically, all the same things happen. You get sweaty palms, you get you know increased heart rate, all of these things happen, and that is the identical thing the identical biological symptoms that happen with excitement. That's exactly right. And oxytocin is the hormone exactly. that gets released. Yep. And that's the stress hormone too. And that actually dilates blood vessels. So we get more blood going to our brain and our heart rates go up. And that's also, again, got more oxygenation. So you actually change your perception of the stress and then no longer you're getting anxious about it anymore. Exactly. You're like, Phew, I'm fired up. Let's do this, yeah, right? And, oh, that reframing is so powerful. So I actually cool. used it with a friend the other day that was um, going into a job interview, literally texted me and said, mm. you know, I'm freaking out. What do I do? And I literally did that and they were like, that actually worked. Yep, <laughs> it totally works. And, and yep. a little bit of disclosure here as well. I used to suffer terribly from um, public speaking phobia. That was my biggest, very scariest common, thing. Very common. So scary, you know, and um, and overcoming it. Um, the way I did it was, well, I used the Pitts method on myself, but one of the ways I did it was just realizing that the heart rate going up and and the breathlessness initially yep. was just me getting ready to do something really cool, putting me out of my comfort zone. And if your message is strong enough and powerful enough, and you're passionate about it, yeah, it's worth it. Oh, absolutely, and. Yeah. and- that's another way to reframe it as well. Yeah. It's just your passion. You're ex- yeah. like you're excited to share your passion with the world, your truth, and yeah. these things should get you excited. Yes, it's meant to be. Yeah, you know, you you meant to get a bit of a, a heart rate that goes up when you're excited about something. Yeah, right? 
Yeah. Totally agree. So, in in um in being able for the listeners to sort of action some of this content, what would you say are like the top three tips to deal with the monkey in the mind? Because we we've all got one. Yeah, that's the reality. And some people at different times have it bigger than others, worse than others. Mm. But what would you say are the top three tips that would be useful to most people? Okay, so if you've got this constant belief or thoughts in your head, and it could be the monkey telling you that you're not enough, or you don't do whatever it is that you need to go and do because it's all the self doubt. Take that very sentence that you keep telling yourself that self that self-deprecating awful sentence and sing it out loud sing it laugh it dance it yeah. do it in a cartoon <laughs> I tune love that. all that sort so of stuff like laugh because it's rubbish it yeah. very often is rubbish okay yeah, right. so if we change our perception of it and we use a bit of our physiology and we dance as well we'll then notice we'll start feeling a bit better okay yeah. which may give you the courage to then go forth and do whatever it is that you've been putting off. That's yeah, number right. one. So it's like make the scary comical? Yes. Yep. I, I love doing this. I don't know if you um, – I'm just trying to think about Jaws, the movie. Like yeah. those, I'm 41, so I, I still remember Jaws <laughs> as a kid. That, like yep. that soundtrack, do, 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 do. Yeah, I remember it. Well, you can take any um, scary movie and you can turn the volume down and then overplay that instead with farting sounds or la- <laughs> stupid laughter or ca- you know candid laughter yep. or just or silly music and you'll take whatever the visual is and it's no longer scary anymore perception instantly rewired absolutely rewired right yep. so that can give people a lot more courage in the moment yeah, so that's great. number 1 awesome number 2 don't take yourself so seriously Yep. That's the biggest message I want to give people out there as well. Um, as someone who's uh, a transformed person who used to take my, I used to take myself so seriously <laughs> and life wasn't nearly as fun, right? I can't even imagine because you're just such a lovely, pleasant uh, human. I was like. listening to the monkey in my head, uh, right. worrying, of judgment, course. what are people thinking, right? Yeah. So far less of that nowadays. That's completely changed my mindset. And I work with clients on that level as well. Like in all the consults I do with people, there's always laughter. It's got to be some kind of laughter and and taking things a bit less seriously um, because people learn through through fun, right? Oh, absolutely. And people are way more inclined to change if they're feeling positive about it. It's not something they've got to do, are they? Oh, I've got to do this thing because of yeah. you know A, B, and C, and exactly right. Yeah, totally. Number three. Number three. Okay. Number three is be okay with failing. It's okay. We all stuff up all the time. Yeah. It's how you deal with it, you know. And if you weren't to fail, you'd never learn anything. So no one's perfect. So get out there and actually take a punt because we're not on this planet for a long period of time. So you might as well make some mistakes, and as long as you learn from. It's sweet. So uh, Brene Brown gets into all that sort of stuff with her power of vulnerability and, and being okay with being imperfect. I totally relate to that. Yeah. I used to be savage to myself. My inner self-talk used yep. to be savage. And I think it was because I approached every opportunity like it was the last. Yes. And, and it was like, if I fail, then, well, I might as well not continue. And then yep. I realized, well, I, you know, my life's going to be 80 to 100 years long. and. Yep. I'm just going to learn something here and move on to the next opportunity. It is so true. And you're right. And I used to feel exactly the same way until I realized that, you know what? Everyone's imperfect. And if you're pretending to be perfect in front of them, you're actually sending them the message that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just think that's a nice way of living your life. Be okay with stuffing up as long as you try and do your best and do the best by other people as well. I think that's a great idea. It's a good life. Um, so this, uh, th- this time... Flies. It, it always totally flies. Yeah. It always flies. It's been five minutes, right? It's, it feels like five minutes. <laughs> I feel the same with every guest. Like I, uh, everybody that I sort of share this space with is just 
amazing company mm. and time flies but we're already about time so where can people find you online you know what would they be contacting yeah. you for maybe so, what problems people might yeah. have that they might seek you out yeah. i do a lot of work with people with anxiety depression fears phobias addictions i love helping people stop those awful cigarettes that's so one of my favorite things to do people are looking to um get to healthier weight I do a lot of hypnosis with that sort of stuff. A five-week program. I'm a huge program. fan of Love hypnosis. hypnosis. So yep. cool. Love. Hip- I wish I'd started doing hypnosis right at the beginning of my career. Um, so Sean Resnick, um, www.seanresnick.com, S-H-A-U-N-R-E-S-N-I-K.com. That's my website. Have a look through, see if there's a program there that works for you. And yeah, I'd love to help anyone that's uh, resonated with us on this on this. Uh, talk oh it's been a great talk like yeah. and you know we were talking for hours beforehand i feel like we could continue I know. Talking for hours. we should have recorded that that was really cool we should we should put it on youtube yeah absolutely <laughs> but before we go I, I love asking this question for everybody at the as the last question what piece of health information do you wish more people knew about i think one of the things i would say is listen to your body it is communicating with you every single moment of the day and if you listen to your body and you respect it and you action it, you'll most likely have way better health. Awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. And I totally agree. We were talking about physical awareness before yeah. we jumped on. So you heard it, SeanResnick.com, guys. Jump on. Sean is an amazing person. He's got a wealth of knowledge. And as you've heard, he's the person to go to for mindset and holistic health, which is the way we should approach everything, I think. So... Are you on Instagram as well? I am on Instagram, just under Sean Resnick. Awesome, because the best way to promote the podcast for the listeners is if you enjoyed this episode, to take a screenshot of this episode and put it up as your story on Instagram and tag both Sean and myself. And of course, we'll share it. And it's always good to know who's watching, who's listening, and we can help spread the message and grow this community organically of holistically interested health advocates. Wonderful. Thank you so much for doing the work you do as well, Maddie. No, no worries. Thanks yeah. so much. You're I appreciate your time. Awesome for... stuff out there. Oh, thanks. I appreciate your time for being on the podcast. I'm grateful for you being here. Ah, thank you very much. No worries. All right. It's been good to have you here and we'll catch you on the next one. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, man. See you later. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.